love thy neighborhood. Okay. Oh, cool. oh definitely. <laughs> awesome. Discipleship and missions. Mission. For, For modern, modern times. Before therapy, before Enneagram work, before the Holy Spirit revealing different things about myself, being good was being perfect. Mm -hmm. For me, it was less about like, what's the difference? It's that no one ever told me there was a difference. This is a show about self-discovery. About understanding ourselves. About looking into the mirror to see the good. The bad. And the unknown of who we are. This is about how we relate to God. And everyone else. From Love That Neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome. 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 To the Enneacast. Welcome to the Enneacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Lindsay Lewis. Every episode, we walk you through the Enneagram and we help you build better relationships. And today, we are going to continue our series on the nine desires. If you haven't already, go back and listen to episode 85 with Dr. Kurt Thompson to hear some of the foundation we built around exploring our desire. Okay, in this series, we start every episode with two foundational ideas. First is that God created humans to desire. And second, that our desires are drawn toward what we find beautiful. And in this episode, we are going to explore everyone's desire to be good, Mm -hmm. to have integrity. Mm -hmm. Yes. And this desire to be good can be closely tied to the desire for justice, for freedom, You know, I'm searching for a way of life where I can live according to my convictions, where I'm not controlled by others or by my own evil compulsions. If you find this to be one of your driving desires, you may be a type one or have high type one or a member of the gut triad. So again, you don't have to be a core type one for this to be a desire. One of our big themes is that we have all nine of these desires regardless of our core type. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so when it comes to the desire to be good and have integrity, we have three paths that we can take. So we're gonna take a look at what happens when the desire to be good is exaggerated, when the desire to be good is diminished, and when the desire to be good is healthy. So first, uh, let's talk a little bit about what the desire to have integrity and be good looks like when it is supercharged and exaggerated. Yes, when it's exaggerated, this is when we're getting into the false self realm of things. So when this desire is distorted in the false self, we take the desire to be good, to have that integrity, which is a great and godly desire, and we settle for just being perfect. Mm -hmm. Like if I can just have everything so-so and keep my grip on everything, that's enough. And we'll use our critical eye to judge others and become really preachy in the way we communicate with others. And we'll be driven by our own idealistic and rigid standards and thus forego grace, not Mm -hmm. only for 
ourselves, but also for others. Yeah, I think a lot about the Apostle Paul addresses all of these different communities that were Mm -hmm. like, listen, you became believers because of the freedom that you found in Christ. Mm -hmm. But as time went on, they went back into the old man. They went back into, uh, we've got to observe all of these different laws and rules. And Paul's scratching his head going, this is not what you were Mm -hmm. invited into. And in that same way, we're using this language of true self and false self, but we're appealing to that same idea. Don't, as the new man, go back and begin living as the old man. Right. And what happens is that when we supercharge this desire to be good, which is a good desire, but we make it ultimate, Mm -hmm. we end up behaving in ways that are actually not going to lead to freedom. They're actually not coming from a place of wholeness in Christ. They're actually our attempts to fix everything Mm -hmm. in our own power. Mm Mm-hmm. So when talking about an exaggerated desire, there's something really important that we need to consider, and that is the role of grief and trauma in each of Mm -hmm. our own stories. Those of us who long to be good, who long to have integrity, we may have experienced really profound themes of conditional love and criticism Mm -hmm. and receive the message that it is not okay to make mistakes. We may have come from homes that had a lot of rules, a lot of protocol, ministry families, military families, Mm -hmm. or we may have come from families where there were no rules. It was just the wild, wild west. And so we learn to parent ourselves. But in the end, the reality is this, is that the greater the fear that you are less than perfect, that Mm -hmm. you are broken, that you are corrupt, we got this this temptation to overcompensate for whatever it is that we think we lack. Right. So if you're living with that regular fear that you may be bad, evil, corrupt, you know, you're just constantly hearing that inner critic – telling you that you are less than, here's a question to ask. What happened in my youth where I felt flawed or corrupt? And what's one small step I can take to acknowledge this wound and begin to do the work of letting this wound heal? Because when we leave things unhealed, they go septic. So when we refuse to acknowledge the pain, the wounds, we're also refusing to let God heal those places in our story. So again, it's it's about what happens when we take something good mm-hmm. and we make it ultimate. We place too much in it and expect it to do something it's not built to do. So that yeah. that is what happens when the desire to be good becomes exaggerated. Let's talk a little bit about what happens when the desire to have integrity and be good is actually diminished. Right. It's offline. Yes. It's not even there much. These immoral people walking around <laughs> doing horrible, immoral things. Yeah. So the basic rule that we keep in mind is that whatever your core desires are, you know, there may be one or three that you really love, all of the other desires are going to have to submit to those greater core desires. So they're going to be subdued um, or diminished or just completely cast offline. You know, we're not even aware to them if they're not serving that greater desire. Mm -hmm. So if you are somebody that when you look at your life and you look at your character, your personality, you look at the things that really kind of move you in life and you're just going... I don't particularly care that much about 
having integrity. I don't really particularly care about being a good person or bringing good into the world. You need to ask yourself why. What is it that's going on that has caused that? You know, do you worry that this desire will restrain your freedom? Mm -hmm. Do you worry that uh, being good is going to make you feel guilty that if you pursue it and then you fail? Do you worry that pursuing goodness and integrity is going to somehow make you feel inauthentic? It's too rigid. That's mm-hmm. not really who I am. Mm-hmm. Do you worry that pursuing integrity is going to require you to take action in a way that you just honestly would prefer not to because there are some things in life you really enjoy and pursuing integrity would require you to give those things up? Yeah. Yeah. So if you don't care about being good and reforming the brokenness of life, Ask yourself what competing desire you have that feels threatened by this one. Exactly. Okay, finally, let's talk about what the desire to have integrity and be good looks like when it's healthy. You know, Jesus tells us that our chief desires, you know, the desire to lead all others should be to love God and to love other people as we love ourselves. So we want to understand this desire within that framework. And here's the thing. When we come to the true self, like, I hope that each of us comes, like, with excitement yeah. and with a sense of, like, this is beautiful. You know, we we talked about desire moves towards beauty. Our hope is that each listener, you're capturing a vision for the beauty of integrity. Yes. So when the desire to be good and to have integrity is healthy, it shows up as our true self in Christ. When this desire is coming through, the true self, this this looks like honest, hard work. It's uh, it, We're dedicated to practical action. We don't want to just sit around and have fruitless arguments about whether something's ethical or not. Like we want to go out and actually bring mm-hmm. goodness into the world. And here's one of the big things. You know, you look at Jesus who was perfect, who had every reason to be super frustrated and to bring condemnation to those around him because they were not living up to the standards that he was. And he brought so much grace instead. Yes. And for somebody that's got a lot of this desire for integrity, Part of integrity is also the ability to go, I need grace and I want to give grace to other people because all of us are dependent on grace. Yeah, we so often talk about that type ones or people who have this core desire that they are 10 times harder on themselves than they are on others. I want to lock up their inner voice. Their inner voice <laughs> yes. is just so mean and abusive at yes. times. Yes. But whenever they're able to to sort of open the door and let let it out as in like get rid of it, like like lessen its impact on their lives. And they're receiving that grace, like true freeing grace that comes in Jesus. I think ones can be some of the most forgiving people, you know, people who highly value goodness, but are so aware of their own imperfections, how much they fall short. Then when they see other people's imperfections, they're like, well, that's not as bad as I know. I have within me. And so then we see them working out of this grace mindset instead of the perfectionistic mindset. And they're really able to have patience with others, have patience with the imperfections of the world that will not be solved overnight and maybe not even in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that is like what you were saying, that beautiful vision that we can all hope to kind of have that true desire to see change and to see reformation and to see God changing lives that change the course of our culture, but also having the patience to just just give grace 
today yeah. to the people that you're interacting with. And I think this desire um, really shows that. And it can really draw us closer to God. You know, it can really draw us where we're saying, I'm so frustrated with the Im- imperfections all around me. But instead of getting all riled up, I go straight to God and I ask for an extra measure mm-hmm. of his heart, mm-hmm. his grace. Mm-hmm. And we need a world full of people that really want to be people of integrity. We yeah. have, we, all of us, all of us, if you have lived on this earth, you have been wounded by somebody's lack of integrity. Yeah. You have wounded somebody with your own lack of integrity. Um, but we need folks that look out at the pain of the world. They look out at the broken systems of the world. They look out at the unfaithfulness of so many of us towards God. And there's a desire to do better. We can yeah. do better than this. That is a good desire. The solution is not... Uh, for us just to go, well, we tried. It can't be reached. That's that. Let's yeah. be done. No, let's let's pursue integrity. But we have to understand integrity can't be the ultimate aim. It's one piece of a bigger picture. Exactly. Um, and that is the desire to love others and to be loved by others. So those are our notes on the desire to be good and to have integrity. But we want to hear from somebody who identifies with this desire as a driving force in their own personality. So today we have Kendra Adachi, otherwise known as the Lazy Genius. She is the two-time New York Times bestselling author of The Lazy Genius Way and The Lazy Genius Kitchen. She's also the creator and host of the Lazy Genius podcast, which has had over 17 million listens. As a systems expert and professional permission giver, Kendra helps offer Kendra helps others. Oh my gosh. I normally am never like this. No, you're not. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It has been a long week. It's because uh, you're with the one, you're like, oh, I know. the pressure. I'm like, oh, don't, <laughs> don't mess it up. Um As a systems expert and professional permission giver, Kendra helps others stop doing it all for the sake of doing what matters. And she is a type one on the Enneagram. Welcome to the show, Kendra. Thanks for having me. We are so excited to talk with you. Yeah, Lindsay Lindsay is fangirling quite a bit. You know if you get the high pitch, like... (laughs) That's the really, the really exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm very honored to receive your high pitched squeal. Thank you. Uh, well, let's let's start here. So, in Enneagram theory, the core desire for the Type One is to be good, or others would say to have integrity, to not be corrupt, to not be evil. Does that resonate with you? And do you have an early memory that reflects that desire? So it resonates with me to the point that. I'm almost like, does that resonate with me? Because it's so <laughs> deep ingrained. Like there's just no, there's no other option. Like I just assume everybody feels that way until I, until I started to study the Enneagram. I was like, wait, other people, other people don't have a voice in their heads, like telling Same. them to be good all the time. What What is mm-hmm. happening? I, I was actually like deeply angry about that, that not everybody else has to deal with that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they miss mm-hmm. so mad. So I, I would say, I mean, yes, I, I definitely have had my whole life, my whole life up until the last probably 10 years, especially has been trying to 
be good at everything that I do. So I was voted most dependable in high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Which part of me was like, yeah, I am. And then the other part of me was like, that's the stupidest award ever. Superlatives <laughs> 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 uh, are the worst. They're the yep. worst. My nickname in high school, like with my youth group friends, they called me mom. They called mm-hmm. me mom. Mm-hmm. And that was equal parts so comforting because I wanted to be a person that you could depend on. I want to be mm-hmm. a person that is that you never wonder, is Kendra going to be there for me? Is Kendra mm-hmm. going to help me? Is Kendra going to have an answer for me? I never wanted anyone to wonder that. And also, that's how I saw myself and therefore how I presented myself, which eliminated all of these other things that I so desperately wanted in my relationships. I did not think that there was any other value that I could offer other than being a dependable person to someone else wow. to be like sturdy and true. And yeah, a train that you're like, is this going to fall apart? No, no, mm. it's never going to fall apart. That's such a strong statement, like that that was how you felt you could be valuable. Like, I don't know what else I could do to be valuable, but I know I can do this and I will succeed. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's such a strong driver, you know, because we all want to succeed, right? In doing what the thing we're going to do. So that was really, yeah, that's a strong statement. Yeah. That's really good. Well, you talked about yeah, success. We totally agree. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to succeed. That's part of this whole series is God made us with desires and longings and gifts. And he actually delights when we go after them, you know, like that brings him joy. Like just like our kids, when they find their thing, you know, yeah, we all want our kids to like find their thing. And when they do have that moment of glory, we are thrilled for them. Yeah. So we see, though, in all the different personality types, some people are just great at knowing what they want and they're great at going after what they want. And then other personality types, they either don't feel like they can go after what they want or maybe they don't even know what they want. So mm-hmm. how comfortable have you been maybe over the last you know few decades at acknowledging and naming your desires and then going for it? So trauma trigger warning. Um, mm-hmm. I, I um, desire is a complicated word for me. Because the way that I grew up seeing and hearing the word desire was always in a sexual context. And also um, my, you know, in in the, I grew up in the church, I grew up in the Christian church in the South. And so even, even that, even sexual desire was seen as 95% bad. Yeah. And, um, but then also I, my biological father was a sex addict and a, abusive. Mm. And so um, to to my entire family. And so I shut out. I'm an all or nothing person. Most Enneagram mm-hmm. ones are. And mm-hmm. so I lived, I mean, most of my life just completely shutting out desire altogether because I didn't mm. know how to, I didn't know that there were desires outside of the sexual context that I was taught. And also that context was abused and, um, and darkened and broken. And so that's like current work for me is what do I want? And can I go after it? And is that, Mm. am I going to be okay if I do that? Because my father was also a narcissist. And so there's part Mm. of me that has also conflated going after what you want 
with putting yourself first. And then that sort of has been uh, generalized and uh, kind of like expanded to mean, oh no, I'm like on the verge of becoming a narcissist at any given moment. Like if I say that I want this thing, oh no. And so separating those things is why I go to therapy. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, stay with us because when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Kendra Adachi. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Anna. Love Thy Neighborhood is all about taking a step back from your day-to-day life and figuring out what it looks like to live like Jesus today in the city. Bring life and beauty into the community by serving the vulnerable and poor, live and work alongside other like-minded Christians, and grow in your faith as you learn what it means to walk in the life and lifestyle of Jesus. Here's what some of our alumni have experienced. Caleb said, that Love Thy Neighborhood gave me the opportunity to live out the gospel in a way that was more intentional than I have ever had before. I was able to use my talents and passions to serve others and make a difference for the kingdom of God. Are you trying to figure out what to do with your summer? If you're feeling restless and longing to connect and serve with other Christians, come serve with us at Love Thy Neighborhood this summer. April 7th is the deadline for our summer intensive and it's coming up fast. We want to walk with you and help you flourish as you faithfully pursue Jesus. Learn more about the Summer Intensive and apply before April 7th at lovethyneighborhood.org. Again, apply before April 7th at lovethyneighborhood.org. Welcome back to the Anycast, Jesse Eubanks. Lindsay Lewis. We have been talking with Kendra Dachi. Uh, Kendra, let me turn uh, our conversation over in this direction. A lot of times we find that ones have a really hard time telling the difference between being perfect and being good or being perfect and having integrity. Like those feel often the same for a lot of type ones. Is, is that true for you as well? Do you find that when you are leaning into perfectionism and your pursuit of integrity, they kind of hit the same emotional spots inside of you. Yeah, definitely. And and maybe a way that I would, I would say that I would add to that is that in order uh, before, before therapy, before Enneagram work, before the Holy Spirit revealing different things about myself, being good was being perfect. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're just, I mean, it's exactly what you just said. Like you, it's hard to tell the difference, but it's, it's, for me, it was less about like, what's the difference? It's that no one ever told me there was a difference. Like that is yeah. the same thing. And so I, you know, I would not try anything that I did not think I could be the literal best at. Like I just mm-hmm. wouldn't even try because if I failed in any way and my my definition and measurement of that failure is always the strongest. It's always stronger than anyone else's. Like still, I'm harder on myself than anyone else's. I would just not even do it. Just not even do it. I'm not going to join a club if I can't be president. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have to go to school, but I was valedictorian. I graduated valedictorian. <laughs> I got a scholarship to college and people were like, of course you did. And there mm-hmm. was part of me that resented that response from people. Like when I would bring home straight A's all through my life, my parents would say, well, yeah, 
Like there was no yeah. celebration mm-hmm. of that because it was Sick. the norm. It's like, this is what you do. And so therefore I can only go forward. Like I can't go backward in that. Like if I'm not even mm-hmm. celebrated for the things that are perfect, then I just, I guess I just have to keep being perfect in more places. So I had to pick mm-hmm. and choose very carefully what I would do and what I would be part of. You know, I'm not going to audition for this senior musical in high school if I can't get the lead, you know, like right. I'm not going to do it. Like I remember, I remember going into the the chorus room and for that first day of auditions, because we were doing Into the Woods, we were doing an abbreviated mm. version, even Sondheim's Into the Woods. And I walked into that room and I thought, okay, there are a couple of days of auditions here. If I go in today and I do not get a strong reaction from this teacher towards me and thinking like, yeah, I got this. I'm not going to come back the second day. Like, I'm just not going mm-hmm. to. And I remember standing with uh, two of the guys that I was, that, that were also auditioning for like parts that I would interact with a lot uh, with Jack and the baker. I was going to be the baker's mm-hmm. wife. And we oh, were standing. my favorite one. She's the best. She's the best. <laughs> and so I'm standing there with the three of them and we're doing, we're doing dialogue. We're not singing, we're doing dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I landed a joke and the teacher was watching us rehearse and she laughed. And I was like, mm. okay, I'll come back tomorrow. Like, I just thought like, I haven't seen mm-hmm. her laugh at any other Baker, Baker wives. So mm-hmm. I think I might have this. And that is such a dark, stressed out place to live. Yeah. When you are always assessing, am I the best? Are they happy? If I messed up? Like I cannot, I could not bear failing in any capacity. Therefore, I just wouldn't even try anything. So that is a that is an example of like it is it's hard to separate because for so long, integrity and goodness, perfection, uh, not integrity and goodness, goodness and perfection were the exact same thing. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you get the part? Oh, yeah, of course I got the part. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. Okay, I killed it. I was feeling nervous. Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. I very much did. I also, Amazing. like, unrelated point, but it was like, I, going back to the 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 desire thing, like, I never dated anybody. I never mm. flirted with anybody. Like, I was the most just, like, like stoic, don't look at me, mm. non-feminine person. And I had to kiss two dudes in that play. Ah! I, had to kiss, because, because I had to kiss the baker and I had an affair with Cinderella's prince. And I remember being like, I didn't know this was part of this part. I didn't know that I had to be like, this is not, good. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a really similar story, but we did a funny thing happened on the way to the forum and I was the Vestal Virgin. And yeah. I also had to kiss two people in the play. And I was like, I didn't even tell my parents I was in it. Because yeah. it was kind of like not a big deal play at the school. Because I did not want them to see me kiss yeah. two boys. Sure. Man. <laughs> sure. A couple of floozies on the podcast today. Singing floozies. Singing floozies. That's your all's, uh, that's your all's band name. Band name. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to I point this out because I think, um, you know, one's can have a reputation for being critical of other people and being hard on other people. And I think that a lot of times people don't realize if a one's being hard on you, they are being infinitely harder on themselves. So much. And and really it's coming out sideways because they can only beat themselves up for so long 
until it's just going to come out in other places. And like, I always say, like, if if we could uh, if we could hear like the inner critic oh, of the yeah. one, we'd lock them up for abuse. Yeah, like, because yeah. Yeah. because it's just relentless and and the gap between what is possible or what is perfection and what actually is that gap just haunts mm-hmm. type ones mm-hmm. and why can't I close it why can't I actually mm-hmm. you know you know achieve what I should be able to achieve and yeah. you know as we say they they should all over themselves yeah, we do and, we should uh, all over ourselves all the actual time yeah yeah, yeah. well and yeah. I think that part of the things that I've learned in my own processing of that gap because that's uh, that's such a good way of saying that is I was so that gap was so tiny I I mean Mm -hmm. I I was like you could not find every mother of every boy that I ever met wanted me to marry their son Mm -hmm. every single one you know like Mm -hmm. ever I was every teacher's favorite I was Mm -hmm. like I was the one, I was like the best hall monitor that second grade ever saw, you know, like you could depend <laughs> on me to do anything. And I never let you down. Like I never let authority down. And that gap was so small. And I remember just feeling so resentful that other people were satisfied with such a wider gap. They weren't bothered mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. a wider gap. And I'm like, do you see how hard I am working how dare you not work as hard as I am? Like, how Mm -hmm. dare you think, be content with who you are in this moment? How dare you? Like, I don't feel that way now. Um, I'm so grateful that I don't feel that way now. But that is, that was part of the language of that judgment was, Mm -hmm. it was so hard for me. And it felt unfair that it wasn't so hard for everyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say this too, though. Like, so we've, and maybe this is true to the type one again. Like we've harped a lot on the negative side of the like pursuit of the of the goodness, right? Yeah, like yeah. we we've harped a lot on like this is what happens when pursuing integrity goes haywire, and, yeah. you know, and self critical. But like I want to flip that and say this: there are a lot of people that do look at that energy that comes from the one, and they're just like, man, I just wish like you'd be fine with everything. And and there are people in the world that. Integrity is they don't care. Yeah. They don't care if they have integrity. They don't yeah. care if they're pursuing goodness. They don't care if there are broken things in the world mm-hmm. and that their attention is needed to deal with those things. There's not a there is not a love of goodness inside of them mm-hmm. because they get bent in these other ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to point out, like, I think there's a real risk when people relinquish this desire for integrity, this mm-hmm. desire for goodness. And I think we live in a world where those consequences are mm-hmm. real and that mm-hmm. they devastate lives. Yeah. And so as much as like, I'm sure there's people, you know, that have a lot of one, they're listening to this and they're just like, yeah, here's the ways that I yeah. am hard on myself. <laughs> I, I also just, I want to celebrate this. The world needs a moral compass. Yeah. And we, yeah. we severely lack that at times. And to your point, like, I also grew up in a home with uh, an emotionally abusive parent who is narcissistic and that holds true to this day. And the the pursuit for goodness integrity was not one yeah. that, that was valued. Um, now, how I behave publicly mattered because it was a reflection on them. Right. But the actual true desire, the world is a broken place. Mm-hmm. What is our place in this world to help reform it, to be a part of God's work in this world, to bring goodness into the world? So I just, I just want to... Affirm. I just want to affirm, Mm -hmm. like, this is a good thing. And yes, yes, sometimes it goes haywire. And yes, it gets wound up within 
our brokenness and our sin and our wounds and all. Yes. But I, I definitely don't think the answer is let's just step on the moral compass and get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's it's like like we need goodness, you know, yeah. uh, to guide us. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I, you know, I feel that way. I feel that way about a lot of numbers, all of them, really. Like that's one yeah. of my biggest frustrations with the, you know, recent popularity and sort of memification of the Enneagram mm-hmm. is yeah. that mm-hmm. all the numbers are just reduced to sort of this one thing. Like, you yeah. know, I think about sixes and, you know, like people are like sixes are worst case scenario people. Like that's the thing that people say. And also like, dude, you want to go on a vacation with a six. You want to yeah. like, you want to have a six. There are places where you're like, I mean, sixes are valuable everywhere because, you know, you're a human being, but there are things <laughs> absolutely like this preparedness, the loyalty like this fierce loyalty that is just like come hell or high water. And I have Mm. already sort of like figured out what the hell might be. And we have our rain jackets on for the water when it comes, but like, I'm here (laughs) with you, you know, like I think that about twos, like I think all the numbers to a point get a really bad rap in thinking about this, the shadow side. And you're absolutely right, Jesse. It's not the elimination of that thing. It is the, the recalibration of that. And mm-hmm. it's not this crutch. It's not, it's not this false sense of self, you know, like I don't want a two, for example, to ever be like, well, I guess I can't help people. No, no. Like that spirit that you bring into the room of seeing people like to see people in a way that no other number can, and they mm-hmm. can like jump in and they can help. And just because you're a two doesn't mean that you shouldn't do that, that you shouldn't jump in. It's just the work of separating. You don't have to jump in in order for us to love you. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not why we love you. And also like, it's a beautiful part of who you are. Like, and that's just true of every number. Like my, my, I probably shouldn't say that I have like a favorite number, but like one of my favorite (laughs) numbers, (laughs) one of my favorite um, type of a person to be friends with is a female eight. Mm -hmm. I am obsessed with women who are eights because they have taken this thing that is seen as negative, which is being assertive, being strong, being like, no, we're not, we're not going anywhere. Like this isn't, this isn't right yet. Like this is, this is still being handled in a way that is alienating these people. Like this is unjust. Like we're not, I'm not going anywhere. I'll hang out till you're ready for me. And I'll keep talking about (laughs) it. But like, I'm not going anywhere. I am obsessed Mm -hmm. with that energy because that kind of person is the kind of person that creates change, beautiful change, just change for all people. So I absolutely agree with you. Like that's the reason why Like I don't follow Enneagram meme accounts because it just makes me sad. It just makes me sad that people are like, well, you want a one to help you move. Don't show them your dishwasher. (laughs) It's like, come on, y'all. Like, (laughs) There's so much, every number is so much richer than that. Like so much richer. And I, I care so deeply about, I call myself Pollyanna with a clipboard. I'm like, I love that. we, everyone has such potential, such mm-hmm. this world has such beautiful potential. Like it brings tears to my eyes when I think about it. Like I love people and I love for people to like feel free in who they are. And then when we all feel that way and we're all comfortable in that and we start moving together toward one greater purpose of making this world a place that is beautiful and free and open for all people is like, why would you not want to do that? Why would you not yeah. want to move in that direction with me? I'm not 
just here to like help you organize your cabinet, even though I'm also really good at that too. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. fine. We can do both. We mm-hmm. can do both. Kendra, talk to me about this. So Jesus tells us that our our chief desire should be relational, loving God, loving other people as we love ourselves. How does that desire, that desire to love God and love other people as you love yourself, how does that shape or reshape the desire to be good and to have integrity? So for me personally, I think it uncomfortably so, but it begins with the as you love yourself Mm -hmm. um, piece. And, and I think that's probably true for all the numbers that there's a, there's one of those phrases, you know, that you love God and others as you love yourself. And and we sort of have to start from different places, different starting points. My first book was 13 lazy genius principles, explaining these principles because the same rules and tools just don't work for everyone, but principles are so versatile and they go with whoever, whenever you need them. And one of those principles is to be kind to yourself. And mm-hmm. um, we're just missing, especially ones, there's just a such a missing piece of, of self-compassion. And so I do not, I know that I have not loved God and loved others in the way that that verse is calling us to for most of my life because I did not love myself. Mm-hmm. So all of that, every choice that I was making was like in some ways, really manipulative. Like for others, it was, I'm going to be the perfect friend. I'm never going to have any of my own problems because uh, I don't want to be a burden to you, but I'll always listen to yours. I will be the most dependable person in your life. And, um, but also with God, it was like, okay, well, I am supposed to do all these things. Yeah. Um, and so if I check off my list, you know, if I read my Bible every day, if I pray every day, Although the verse pray without ceasing was like so frustrating for me because I was like, what does mm-hmm. that mean? Like, come on, man. I can't do that all mm-hmm. the time. I got grades to make. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I think that I don't want to say I didn't love God or didn't love others, but I did not love God or love others in from the from the deepest part of who I am yeah. um, and for a reason that is life giving, not consistently anyway, because I did not love myself. So mm-hmm. that's that's again why I think that doing this work of like unpacking and understanding and and offering yourself like compassion and forgiveness and kindness when you do fail, when you do mess up, when you, the reasons that some of my closest friends are my closest friends is because I hurt them deeply and they didn't leave. Yeah, Like we, we, we worked it out. They forgave me. And they stayed. That's always my fear is that for the mm. longest time, that was my phrase I would bring to therapy is like, I feel like I'm one mistake away from anybody leaving at any time, one mistake. Yeah. And so, you know, I look at these relationships and I just think like, what a gift that this process of what it means to be connected to each other is, is so representative of, of these relationships. I can trust, I can trust that that my success or failure in loving this person is not why we're in relationship with each other. They just love me. They just want to be with me. They just want to talk to me or listen to me. And even now, like, that's a hard thing for me to say without being a little cringy about it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I still, like, sometimes I will, I'm just like, I mean, it was probably three months ago that I said to my therapist, I was like, I still don't understand why people like me. 
Like I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I'm so tired of not understanding it because I can't list it out. I can't like make a tangible list of this. These four things are why people like me. The things that people often say is like, you just make me feel really safe and you're fun to be with. And I'm like, what does that mean though? Like why? Mm -hmm. Like I might mess mm -hmm. that up. And so all that to say, it is valuable work and I see the value in it, but it is also incredibly vulnerable. That's the word. It is incredibly vulnerable work to move into my relationship with God, my relationship with others, releasing this idea that I can check off the list, fit in the box, control, manufacture who I am supposed to be in order for you to love me. And yeah. that I have to just sort of instead, like just love myself, like just be kind and compassionate and love myself. And, and it's okay that I don't have those answers. It's okay that I don't, I couldn't say to a person like, yeah, I think this is why they like me. Like, it's okay for me to not have that answer that I can just exist, that I could just be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's just really, really, I don't like being there. I don't like the vulnerability of being there, but also my relationships wouldn't be what they were if I wasn't. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's beautifully disorienting. <laughs> that's a great phrase. <laughs> The, mm -hmm. the the reality that love is bestowed and not earned. Yeah, mm. yeah. And and so when we grow up in an environment and in our way of seeing and being and moving in the world, in which love is always on the line, I'm either I'm it's a bank account and the bank account's either going up or down. Yep. And then all of a sudden one day we realize, holy crap, there was never a bank account at there all. There was never a bank <laughs> account. It's, it's it's just it's just a very disorienting thing yeah. because yeah. it means we saw it all wrong yeah. and then what if what if we've always been loved you know what if right. god's always loved us what if the people around us have always been accepting of us just because they bestowed that on us they yeah. chose that and who am i to get to decide but i didn't earn it or i didn't you know yeah. they gave it it's their gift to give and they yeah. gave it to me what a and wild so, idea <laughs> Yeah, yeah, what a wild idea. I'm like, bye, guys. I need to go journal for like the next five hours. <laughs> well, uh, well, listen, I would love to let you do that, but uh, we need to go be stupid and play a game. So oh, stay with us because when we come back, we will be playing Who Can Do It? Stay with us. Here at LTN, we're all about helping people build better relationships. And we've actually created a brand new way to do that with our Say More conversation cards. Say More is a deck of 100 questions to kickstart engaging discussions. So there's silly things like, which famous cartoon character are you most like? And there's also serious things like, what has been your hardest goodbye in life? You can use our Say More cards with your family, your friends, on a date, at the office. My family and I have been using them at the dinner table, and I've learned things about my kids that I truly never knew before. To grab your own deck of Say More cards, Go to lovethyneighborhood.org and click the store link at the top of the menu. And while you're there, grab a couple more decks. They make great gifts for Christmas or birthdays, and all proceeds go directly to support Love Thy Neighborhood. So go to lovethyneighborhood.org and click store and get ready to say more because better relationships are just a question away. Welcome back to the IndieCast, Jesse Eubanks. Lindsay Lewis. Okay, so it is time to play Who 
can do it. Okay, so Kendra, here is how we're going to play. I'm going to read a challenge out loud, and both of you will have the opportunity to complete that challenge. You have to at least try to complete each challenge. At the end of each challenge, I will award the best response with a point, and then whoever has the most points wins. Oh my gosh, do Are I need like both? pen and paper? Do I? What supplies do I need in front of me right now? I think just your your presence for work. Can you forfeit? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're a I'm loser, trying to, I'm trying to tone down y'all. I'm so, I am so competitive. I, I am so I, I actually would really prefer for you to not tone it down. I would like you, both of you to bring your game on 11. Okay, here we go. Describe your life so far in three words. Best description wins. Oh man. Not, best. not first description wins. Yeah. No, just best description wins. Just three words. Give me three words. Okay, Lindsay, let's go. Can I have a hyphenated word? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> okay, I have a hyphenated word. Okay. Twisty, turny, dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. What a what a okay. fun vibe. What a fun. You either described your life or 2020. I'm not yeah, sure. Both. I mean, I was this alive for 2020. I'm not sure yeah. This is fair. This is fair. Uh, okay, Kendra, uh, describe your life so far in three words. Well, I went a different direction. I went a metaphor. I was going to say an oak tree. Mm. Oh man, slow growing, real sturdy though. Lots of storms. You know, mm-hmm. like just real. Mm-hmm. Not a fancy tree. Everybody knows what an oak looks like. Just a real dependable. Yeah, an oak tree. Mm, that's good. Rude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I am going to, dumpster fire just made me chuckle. I am going to have to go. Uh, Lindsay Lewis, I'm going to award you a point. <gasps> Even though. It's, a, it's one of the best terms that's ever existed. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Like it a dumpster is. Fire. Yes. Okay. You guys have to go back and forth. Mm. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something. You have to go back and forth. And the first person who goes blank. You, you don't win. You don't win. You don't okay. win. Okay. So, Kendra, we'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to go back and forth. Say a nickname that you've been given. Mom. Jellybean. Rudolph. Mama. Uh, K-Dotch. Barbie. Mm, I think that might be it. <laughs> I think I'm a blank. <laughs> Everybody called me mom for so long that it was like, well. Oh, my gosh. That is funny. Initially, I was just like, oh, it's just your kids. And then I was like, no, wait, she told the story. Everyone yeah. was calling her mom. <laughs> uh, my next okay. one was Tompy. There was this guy in college who called me Tompy, and I hated it. Tompy? Oh, that's, that, that's unpleasant. Because my last name, my unmarried last name was Thompson. Okay. Oh, and a, that's so unoriginal, Tompy. We would be across, like, I mean, the whole student union, and he'd be like, Tompy! <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Describe the best smelling thing ever. Whoever describes the best smelling thing ever better wins. What's the best smelling thing ever? I think bre- a f- freshly baked bread. Oh, that's hard when, to beat. When the windows are open after a storm. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is killer. That's kind of my moment right there. That's good. Okay. That is really good. Mine is a freshly changed newborn baby while there's fresh, freshly baked bread in the kitchen oh, with the oh windows open after a storm. See, hey, listen, if you pick that, if you pick that, if you pick a clean diaper, 
<laughs> over uh, bread and a, and a storm. I'm forfeiting. No, I, I, I added it. I <laughs> no, uh, Lindsay, you've been excommunicated from that round for <laughs> your behavior. Treason. So if you uh, had it, not it, said diaper, right. if you had just said no, newborn see, I, baby, it might have been the same. But that diaper smell is I was like. Af- I know. I don't like uh, the diaper smell. But I thought Jesse would think babies smell like poop. So I felt like I had to oh, add sure, sure, sure. in. <laughs> This baby is freshly changed. You You're overthought not it. the diaper. You overthought mm. it. Yeah, you you, overthought you it. self-sabotaged okay. that You're one. You're doing That's too much over there. You're doing too much. I am sweating. I am sweating. <laughs> uh, okay, so Kendra gets a point. Uh, so we've it's got okay. uh, two to one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. Uh, you'll both appreciate this because you both have spent time on stage. Uh, here we go. Give us your last words like someone dying in a movie. <laughs> I have really dark humor today. All like we have to, like the last words and the performance of those last words. Yeah, yes, oh, yeah. I want last words and performance. Oh Absolutely, my gosh. yes, okay. yes. Uh, and and Lindsay, uh, dark humor always works for me. <laughs> Usually, the more <laughs> twisted it is, the funnier I find it. Disney humor doesn't work much on me. Doesn't work. Yeah, okay. yeah. I probably should talk to my therapist about that. But, uh, we're not <laughs> there yet. Note. We got it. We got other bigger issues to deal with. Okay, I'm thinking. I feel so overwhelmed by this question because the, the thought of having to choose what my last words are and who's listening and like, are they sad? I feel terrified, like terrified in a corner of trying to answer this. What on earth does someone say? You just have to say? go with something really last. off the top of your head. Okay, Do you here, know I'll, what I'm the first it. thing is that came to my mind? I'm not even kidding. Okay. This is just is so, it? pay your taxes. <laughs> you should have done that. Okay, okay. Your, your line, Kendra, your line is going to be pay your taxes. Pay your taxes, guys. But say it, you have to you give us say the like whole thing. You gotta say it like you're dying. Like yeah. you're oh, dying. Like I am dying? No, I would yes. actually say like that even if I was dying. I was just like, guys, you need to pay your taxes. And then I would stop yeah. breathing and I'd be fine. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> Okay, Lindsay, uh, your line is, someone poisoned the Cheetos. No, I already have my own okay, line. Okay, good. <laughs> someone poisoned the Cheetos. My line was, you finally drove me to it. <laughs> well done. Oh, that is dark. That's real dark. <laughs> that took that's me a second. Dark. That's real dark. <laughs> No, because uh, see, that's what's problem. It it implies like that yeah, I did it myself. Right. I just mean that like I died because my children oh, like yeah. they drove me crazy to death. Sure, uh huh, sure, uh huh. So don't go all the way dark, just medium dark. No, I got uh, so I got what you were saying. That was solid. Okay, that was well yeah. done. Yeah, uh, I'm going with taxes. I'm going to go with taxes on that one. <laughs> going with taxes. Rude. Uh, I am known for being rude. Okay, this one, this one. We're gonna see what happens here, y'all. This one is very simple. You both have to beatbox. Oh, oh my gosh! I cannot do that. I don't even I know what that either. even involves. You um, both have to try. That's gosh, part my of what makes so <laughs> deeply entertaining for me. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I've never tried to do this before. Here, I'll sing a song, and you can beat. No, no, I got to beat. I got to beat in my head. I just don't know how to make it make sounds with my face. Okay, let's G- see. Kendra, you're going to go to your counselor this week can and tell instead? them just how proud they can be that you stepped out and did this wild yeah. thing on this, on this I know, podcast. I know. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, go. Okay, go. <laughs> That's all I can do. This is <laughs> great. Beat. I have this one beat, guys. I've got one. <laughs> okay, Lindsay Lewis. Oh, my gosh. I cannot do this. My face is so you have hot to, right you have now. To, you have to try. Have okay. To try. Can I rap instead? Could we? Do no, rap no. Instead? Beatbox. Be the beep. What are you doing? Beatbox. I love that you would rather rap. I would so I much rather beatbox. All I can than think rap. about when I think about beatbox is this is a story all about. Oh my god! Yeah, turned upside down. I'd rather do that. I literally can't. I cannot make the sound come out of my body. 
I just truly important. I we're gonna stop there on that one because of the phrase. I literally cannot make that sound come out of my body. Perfect, perfect. Uh, okay, okay. I've got two more for you. Uh, so wait, where are we on our? Points? She's three. To, I'm two. Okay, yeah. okay. Here we go. That, that okay. forfeit got me the lead. Yeah. Apparently. Okay, here we go. Say something really exciting in the least excited voice possible. James McAvoy's at your front door. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Jesse, I won a million dollars and I quit. Was it the quit part that you're most excited about? <laughs> I'm gonna give that one to James McAvoy. I'm gonna give that one to James McAvoy. Okay, explain how my explain how microwaves work in three words. Click, beep, zap. Oh, that was good. Yeah, oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, I was like, I was starting to think about the science of it. You were talking about the execution <laughs> of it. Oh, man. Weird science stuff. <laughs> I'd say. Uh, I don't really know, but we have to go a different direction. So that's weird good. science yeah. stuff. That's good. I'm going to go with uh, the, what was yours? Click, beep, zap. Yeah, it was we're going to go that And so that speedy. Like, that was so yeah. speedy, too. You nailed that one. It's because I have a toddler. It's like, this is my language. Mm-hmm. Push uh, button. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, last one. What's something you might say to your dog, but not to your partner? Best answer wins. Let's go outside and use the bathroom. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going. Uh, right? I mean, it's got to be that. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was, um, don't lick the poop. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's also solid. good. That's really solid. That, that's all good. <laughs> yep. That's also good. Uh, Kendra got that. Okay. No, I think I think you. I don't know. I like don't look the poop. Like I feel like that's that's a that's a real good one. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna, gonna give it to you. Give actually. me the point. <laughs> I know. Did I, know. I did I just what just happened? Did I just get <laughs> did you got I just, vetoed. Like you got I did I did not host well enough. I think we we'll just been, call the whole thing a tie. I think it was a great tie. I think we listen listen. I beatboxed. You did the microwave thing really, really fast. I thought the poop yeah. line was funny. I think we both, we both performed died. very well. Yes, yeah. we both died. Listen, we both listen, performed just very go ahead well. And... Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. That's all we wanted was applause. Thank you. Uh, uh, all right. And now it's time for 11 quick questions. Okay, so Kendra, we're going to ask you 11 questions. You can answer with one word, one phrase, or one sentence. You ready to go, Lindsay? Okay. Number one, where is a place where you feel relaxed? The beach after 5 p.m. Oh, yeah. What is a food that you hate? Eggplant. Mm. What stirs up joy? Music. What stirs up sadness? I can't curse. Uh, S-word people. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> what is the last book you read and enjoyed? Killers of a Certain Age. Mm. What is the last book that you read and you did not enjoy? Uh, Fates and Furies. If you could own an unusual pet, what would it be? <gasps> a chinchilla. Oh, oh good choice. Yeah, good choice. Uh, what is your coffee shop order? Anything with oat milk. I'm kind of basic. Mm-hmm. I like oat yeah. milk. Me too. What is one personal vice you want to get rid of? I do not label my choices as vices. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> okay, we'll take it. I don't. I don't label them as vices. What is one thing that you would convince the world of if you could? That doing emotional work 
is worth it. Mm. What is the current desire that you have? For my oldest kid to make Allstate Band mm. that he's about what to audition instrument? for. Alto sax. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. My he daughter was, has solo and ensemble this weekend too. It's so exciting. He made first chair in all county. He made first mm. chair in all district and he has all state uh, auditions in two days. And he, wow. I was just really, I'm nervous. He's not going to get it, but I'm really, oh. I really, really want him to so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. Awesome. That is great. Well, Kendra, thank you so much. Thank you so Such much for delight. joining us today and talking with us and just being so candid and letting people in on your journey and, you know, all of the the inner workings of your heart and mind. And it has just been so good. Thank you. No, I've had a great time. Thanks for having me. If you benefited at all from this podcast, please help us out by leaving a review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Your review will help other people discover our show. Special thanks to our guest today, Kendra Adachi. Listen, you can learn more about Kendra by heading over to thelazygeniuscollective.com. Listen to our podcast, follow her on social media at The Lazy Genius. And pick up a copy of her books, The Lazy Genius Way and The Lazy Genius Kitchen, wherever you buy great books. Also, special thanks today to Crosspoint Ministry who helped train us in the Enneagram. You can learn more about them by heading over to crosspointministry.com. This show is brought to you by Love Thy Neighborhood. If you want a hands-on experience of missions in our modern times, come and serve with Love Thy Neighborhood. We offer summer and year-long mission internships for young adults ages 18 to 30. Bring social change with the gospel by working with an innovative nonprofit and serving your urban neighbors. Experience community like never before as you live and do ministry with other Christian young adults. Grow in your faith by walking in the life and lifestyle of Jesus and being part of a vibrant, healthy church. Apply now at lovethyneighborhood.org. I'm Lindsay Lewis. And I'm Jesse Eubanks. Remember, the eye can see everything but itself. Find people to journey with you because you were created for community.